Coming up on this episode of Perfect Game Retirement, we're going to talk about the power of delayed gratification. Sometimes it's hard to make financial sacrifices when the reward might not be seen until several years in the future, which is often the case in retirement planning. So today we're going to talk about some of the situations where you might actually be inclined to take the immediate benefit when you should actually really consider the delayed rewards. It's coming up. Welcome to the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast with former professional baseball player and now financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management, Ryan Ledman. This show will help you make the right financial decisions so you can pitch a perfect game in retirement. Here's the wind-up and the delivery. Glad to have you inside Perfect Game Retirement. I'm Ben George with Ryan Ledman, Black Oak Asset Management. Ryan, getting ready for the holidays. How are you? That's right. Yeah, getting ready for them. I guess when everyone listens to this, it'll be the new year. But uh, yep. yeah, we're we're knocking on uh, Christmas's doorstep as as the recording of this. So, but yeah, good, great time of year again. Kids are still in the fun age of, uh, I mean, middle schooler, so they're starting to, you know, kind of recognize and uh, <laughs> know what's going on. But okay. still got an elementary school kid, so he's still hanging on. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's 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 a fun time. Four year old, four year old daughter for us, obviously, is right in the thick of, oh, yeah. of the enjoyment and the magic and all that. So we're looking forward to it as well. It's uh, you guys going to have a busy kind of end of the year. So we're with with Christmas falling on a Monday this year. That that short week afterwards already not productive for a lot of people. But will you guys be in the office that final week and getting after it? Yeah, I always carve off probably two ish three days of that week because uh, again, there, there's always going to be something that pops up. There's not a ton of year in things that we need to finish up. I always tell people like our, our year kind of kind of coincides with um, with tax season. No, nowhere near as busy as tax preparers. Nowhere close, but. There are a lot of things where people, again, New Year's resolutions, want to start doing this, want to start doing that. Where's my tax forms? You know, blah, blah, blah. Um, it, so it, it does coincide a lot with that. But um, I would say ours, our, our calendar year is still a little bit more steady and, and consistent throughout the year, whereas, you know, CPAs' lives are you, you don't really uh, know who they are for about three and a half months. Uh, so but for us, year in stuff, there's a couple things here or there, but, you know, IRA contributions, those, those can be done later. I guess the biggest thing is, is in retirement plans, getting their contributions in and as well as any Roth conversions, th- those have to be done by the end of the year. Yeah. And you're looking forward, looking forward to 2024. I'm sure you guys have a lot planned. It's been a busy year, I know already, but a lot to look forward to next in the new year, right? Yeah, it's it's yeah, all, a, a new start, kind of fresh start. I mean, there's some inner workings behind the scenes here. From, you know, we have a, a couple of advisors doing some new things. Um, don't don't really want to announce and say officially what they are yet, but they're continuing and, and to get better, just like I did this past year with my CFP designation and getting that, which is great. Glad that's glad that's over with. But hey, how can we how can we leverage that? How can we market that? And then I, I got a couple other advisors who were taking uh, coursework and certifications to just expand what we do. We're trying to be a, an all encompassing shop where they don't have to go anywhere else from even getting their wills done to getting their taxes done. We want to try to keep that all in house. And that was kind of my five year vision a few years ago to, to get to that point. So we're, we're getting there, uh, but 24 definitely, you know, l- looks good. There's a lot, you know, it's an election year, so a lot of people want to know what's going on there because uh, oh, yeah. elections do have an impact on the markets and 
But it's mostly emotional based, just like the Federal Reserve. You know, I was looking at the stock market as we were recording this. It shot up yesterday just because of what the Fed announced saying, you know, we're going to hold steady and maybe even have decreases in 2024. So, you know, everybody wants to throw a, a ticker tape parade and, and hmm. think, you know, all is well. So the market shoots up. So anyway, that's 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 part of our job is behavior management. <laughs> Yeah, very good. Well, a lot to look forward to. And if again, if you need help with anything uh, within your financial planning needs or retirement planning, estate planning, any that's this, you can always log on. BlackOakAM.com is the website. There you'll find the, the chance to schedule your retirement coach 360 session, plus uh, get access to the tools and resources that Ryan and his team offer. There's where as well. Again, BlackOakAM.com. Today, though, we're talking about patience and the power of delayed gratification. And this is a great conversation, Ryan, right? This is this is something you try to instill in like your kids when they're younger, right? It's it's more beneficial to wait on a lot of things because the reward's much greater. But even as adults, we still uh, drop the ball on this quite a bit. Yeah, it's, it's a constant fight and it's never going to get easier uh, just because of <laughs> the more and more we have quicker, quicker, um, gratification on the things that we do and every I'm guilty of it everyone's guilty of it but it's it's getting harder and harder uh, to to teach and educate people of this delayed gratification people know it's there they realize it they acknowledge it say yeah yeah okay yeah I get it compound interest time value of money you know mm-hmm. <laughs> put it in there and forget it but again I've, I've read books on behavior finance and Again, the part of your brain that registers for delayed gratification of, okay, I see myself in retirement, retiring with this and doing this and having this much money, the brain doesn't connect that that is you. It it connects it like it's another person. So it's harder than you think. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, put money in 401k, get the match. I get that. I understand that. But it's just, it's harder to actually do. But the good thing is, once it's started and implemented, it, it that's 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 the hard part. The easy part is just continuing to, to let it grow and build. Yeah, so that's kind of the first item here on the list as we run through these situations is just that four hundred one k match taking advantage. I know the holidays too. You know, as we're getting out of that, it's it's a time where you're easy. It's easy to say, let me just not contribute this month. Turn that off. Just get the extra money to pay for bills, or you know, take care of gifts, or even maybe even give to charity, but. It's just a slippery slope because once you do it once, it's easy to kind of justify continuing to do it again in the future. Yeah, I mean, the 401k match is the biggest no-brainer in <laughs> when it comes to investing uh, to take advantage of. Uh, you, you, you've got to capture the full match. Uh, I mean, if, it, if it's a safe harbor 401k, which means if you put in five, they put in four. I've seen higher matches than that. I've seen lower matches than that. But the, the employer offers a match if they do great if they don't you have i mean you have no control of what the match is but please 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 you have to take advantage of that and if that's all you can go up to and stop that's fine so if you're putting in five and they're putting in four well there's nine percent right there okay that's that's a that's a great job uh in doing that but even if you don't have a match i, I it's so funny some people are like well i'm not there's no match i'm not gonna put money in my 401k like but it's still for you it's still your retirement. If you're not doing that, what are you doing? Are you not doing anything? Are you just going to throw your hands up and go, oh, I'm not getting a match, so I'm not saving? Mm-hmm. I, I just I don't I don't understand that rationale behind it because that money is still for you. Um, a match may have a vesting schedule on it, so if you leave a job, you may have to give some of that match back, whether you realize it or not. 
So that goes right back into the, the what they call forfeitures, like you're forfeiting a certain amount of match. So it goes back in and to the 401k, to the company, and then they distribute those, those uh, uh, forfeitures out. So, um, but you gotta take advantage of it. it it's, it's a no brainer. It, you won't miss the 2% or 3% or 4% that you think you need to make bills work. Um, you won't. And, and one other thing I would encourage, if you have that automatic increased savings um, that mo most 401ks have that auto, like, you know, on, on a year anniversary, mm -hmm. it goes up one percentage point. Please do that. Please, please, please do that. Most people don't have the disc. Oh, I'll go back and do it later. I, I, I'll increase it next year. Yeah. Chances are you won't. And that 1%, you will not feel it because uh, you may get a cost of living raise and then boom, that 1% goes up. So you, you won't even realize it. So please set it to that if, if you have that as an option in your 401k. Absolutely. All right. That's the first scenario where people often take the immediate gratification. Here's another one, Ryan, the tax deferred accounts that we put money into. And it might say you might say, well, that's a good thing, right? Putting money in these tax deferred accounts. But the reason why you're taking kind of the immediate benefit is you get the tax break that year. So it lowers your taxes in many cases for that year. But when you look out into the future, that, that money that you're, you're, you're giving up now, you know, could, could come back to haunt you a little bit down the road in retirement, right? Absolutely. Cause if you have, that's all you have is, you know, maybe, maybe a pension, small pension, maybe no pension, social security, and then whatever you've saved. So you have this big pot of money that, has never been taxed before. And, and I get it. The old rationale was, hey, I'm going to put it in, you know, in a tax deferred pre-tax account while I'm in a higher tax bracket and then take it out when I'm in a lower tax bracket, which makes 100% absolute sense. But uh, again, these tax rates are so low right now that that's generally not the case. And if you are, you're not in a much lower tax bracket. However, again, we've talked about this on the show before, it affects your Social Security taxation in retirement, but it also affects your Medicare premiums uh, in retirement. So I'm not saying you have to save every penny into um, a tax-free account, whether it's a Roth or something like that, or a Roth 401k, but you, you, do, you do need to have a bucket of money that it's not going to add to your taxable income, income one day that you have options. So it's it's... The IRS sees you um, as a taxable income entity and not income, but taxable income. So if you have income coming out of a Roth IRA, then it's not it's not taxed, which saves money on your Medicare premiums and it saves money on your Social Security taxation potentially. So um, just because you're getting putting in pre-tax today doesn't really mean you're getting the, the big bang for your buck that that we thought now. Here's the caveat, if tax rates go up for, for especially high income earners, which obviously they're higher now, but if they go up to those 60, 70, 80% that they used to have been, okay, then we got an argument of, all right, let's put it in pre-tax because that's a boatload of savings. And there's a very good chance you will not be in a 60 or 70% tax bracket when you do retire. So it's something you got to look at each year, but uh, just getting the, the pre-tax savings now may not be as big a benefit as you think. Yep, definitely something to consider and to talk with you, a financial advisor about to make sure that you are getting the most out of these contributions and the savings that you do. Now, speaking of savings, got a uh, got one here that's you know important to keep in mind, and this is a very much a immediate gratification kind of a thing. But your emergency fund, hopefully you have one in place and you built it up. But that money's sitting there, Ryan. That liquid is just there, and it's easy to say, all right, I got an expense. Maybe I 
you know, have something that popped up or maybe I want to spend a little money on on something that's not an emergency, right, that, that I can kind of justify, okay, uh, I'll, I'll fill that emergency fund back up in the coming months, right? But it can be very dangerous to tap into that when it's not truly something you need it for. Yeah, an emergency fund is, you have to be disciplined enough to know that that's what it is for an emergency. And again, getting new tires on your car or, you know, something like that, that's that's not an emergency. That's where you just have to keep cash in your checking account. Uh, but emergency fund, it, it at all costs, you try to keep that there. Maybe earn a little bit of interest. I, I, that's one of the biggest questions I get right now with interest rates being higher. Is okay, you know, I got I'm getting hardly anything in my savings account for my emergency fund. Okay, I get it, but I want you to have money where you can click a button and that money is in your checking account. That is what an emergency is for when you need something at the at a drop of a hat. Anything above and beyond, you know, a few months, then if you still want some safe money, okay, look at a money market uh, account or a money market mutual fund somewhere else. But, you know, I I was recently uh, listening to a book called The Psychology of Money, which it's pretty nerdy uh, from a finance standpoint, but it's it's interesting on the rationale and the mind behind making decisions. And one of the quotes in the book from the author was, uh, cash is the oxygen of independence. And I'm like, that's fantastic. I'm going to yeah. completely steal that. Um, sorry, I don't have a, the author in front of me, but Psychology of Money is the name of the book. Great book. I enjoyed it. May not be for everyone, but I enjoyed it. But cash is the oxygen of independence. I'm like, that's fantastic. Because when you have cash, and it may not be earning a whole lot, it may not be earning anything, but when you have cash sitting on the sidelines, you don't freak out, you don't panic, you have a peace of mind. Uh, and if you need to deplete some of that emergency fund, you have to make that a number one priority. Stop investing. Do whatever you have to do to replenish that emergency fund because it is a huge peace of mind and it just gives you options and choices when you have cash sitting there. Yeah, it just it's so easy to, to look at that and say, I can I can tap into this a little bit and, and take care of what I need to right now. But you could save you a lot of stress down the road, potentially. We're talking about delayed gratification. Again, if you have questions for Ryan about you know, any of these topics we talk about, 401k match, tax-deferred accounts, and then Social Security, which we're about to get into, log on, blackoakam.com. You can schedule a time to meet with Ryan there, or just give him a call at 470-508-0508. So Social Security, this is one that immediately comes to mind, I think, when you think of uh, delayed gratification in, in retirement planning, because so many people just think, I need to turn this thing on at it's 62, take it as early as I can, start getting that that check coming in, claim that benefit. But Ryan, we've talked about it before. Oftentimes, your, your best strategy might be waiting. Yeah, and, and that's obviously not blanket advice, but generally it is. I mean, if especially with the husband-wife situation. And now if it's just your own, if it's just you, then the, the decision becomes a little easier. Um, still delaying it's probably best because you get those delayed credits that the Social Security Administration is offering when they do give a cost of living adjustment that, you know, 3.2% or 8.7% or 5.4% cost of living increase on a higher amount just continues to increase even more. So, and there's different studies on the exact math of it, and it's a little bit of a moving target because the COLA, the cost of living adjustment, changes so much uh, each year, and obviously it's spiked and been a little bit higher, but Generally speaking, if the difference between claiming at 62 and 70, obviously the earliest and the latest, you can claim Social Security. The difference between those two is the break even is around 80 
or 80 plus, uh, 80 years of age plus. Not quite to 81. I've read different studies where they come up with a little bit different math, so don't quote me on it. But meaning, if you wait till 70, as opposed to claiming it as 62, and you live 80 or beyond, then you've kind of quote unquote beat the system. You're getting more money out from every check that you get beyond 80 plus. You're 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 benefiting more. Now, obviously we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We don't know. So it's an educated answer. It's an educated decision. It's not an exact science, but yeah, if you if you die before the age of 80, okay, then you don't benefit from delaying to 70. You benefited from taking it at 62. But don't ever claim it because of you think it's going away. That that's the worst reason to make a decision on on social security. But again, going back to husband and wife, that's a legacy. That's a legacy planning standpoint thing too. Especially if you have one spouse who was a much higher wage earner versus the other, the higher of the two, when one person passes away, the higher of the two benefits continue on with that spouse, no matter who continues on, whether it is the higher wage earner or not. So that's where you have to really think about. Okay, if I'm claiming at 62, that may be kind of hamstringing that person you leave behind from an income standpoint but if you don't need if you absolutely need it different story but if you claim it early there's all these income restrictions on it too if you're if you're still working and you're claiming it before full retirement age again that's a whole nother episode just in itself you you pay extra you pay an extra penalty on it anyway so it's a case-by-case basis but if you're generally speaking if you're healthy um, and you don't need the the income on it yet keep kicking that down the road until they completely change and modify social security. That's kind of the strategy that we, that we kind of advise our clients to do. Okay. Very good. Let's close out with one more then. And we've been focusing on the financial side of things. Let's talk about health. Uh, It's easy for someone to take the immediate benefit of not going to the doctor because of the time it takes, or maybe the, the expenses that you maybe think are unnecessary because you feel good, but you know, investing in these regular health checkups and preventative care can really help stem some bigger issues in the future. And obviously with that come higher medical costs as well. Yeah, this is uh, <laughs> this is a little bit of a double-edged sword here because I am, pro- and the reason why I wanted to talk about this particular topic uh, is because I'm probably the worst at it. Um, I, I cannot mm-hmm. remember the last time I've been to a physician. I'm in my mid-40s right now. So do as I say, not as I do kind of thing. But maybe this will, this is provoking me to do it because I've already started to look at primary care physicians in the area. You know, it's just, it's just time uh, that I need to, to do that. And and luckily, knock on wood, I've, to my knowledge, still pretty healthy guy, you know, still have old injuries that are still lingering, but from a overall health standpoint, I feel like I'm okay, but I don't, I don't want to keep messing with that because yeah, the, the, the longer you go out and all of a sudden you do have an issue, it's, it's, it's just way more expensive. And, and I had to fight this a little bit seeing my, my mom go through this with her cancer and her passing away from it. There's a little bit of seeing what she went through and, and I'm like, why would I want to go through that? Why would I want to know? But it, it's stupid because if, if you detect it early, it's way easier than finding it late. But seeing someone go through and suffer just many, many years. So she was fortunate. She, she battled it for 14 years. Some people battle it for three months, mm-hmm. and, and that's it. 
So then you're like kind of the human suffering components like, man, I'd rather just pass away in three months versus 14 years. But think of what all my mom saw in those 14 years, what stages of life she got to see me and my sister and her one grandkid. She only got to see one grand grandchild. She didn't see the other three. But um, but going to regular checkups, it's just it, you have to do it. Um, you, you want you want to hang around and be around your family and make a, a lasting endpoint as long as possible. So, again, I, I'm, I'm recording this and, and publishing this out to the world that um, uh, and you can check on me, Ben, be like, hey, did you find a primary care physician <laughs> <laughs> to make sure I'm doing that? Because my kids are still young and I want to be around for a while. Yeah, it's it's so easy to put off because it's it's not only just a time thing. It just it, it's it's kind of it's very inconvenient to go in and sit and wait for a doctor. They're never on time. You know, it's just <laughs> everything about it is not fun, right? Not enjoyable. But to your point, it, it it's it's much better than the possible alternative. So, mm-hmm. taking care of your health will hold you uh, uh, to that in twenty twenty four, Ryan. We'll make sure that's a, a priority for this year. All right. Again, uh, if you have questions to Ryan about any of these these items today, we talked about. Go to blackoakam.com or you can call them at four seven zero five zero eight zero five zero eight. So, Ryan, you're getting to know you. Question today. It's we're the holiday season, kind of recording this as we talked about and. You know, we like to treat ourselves a little bit, but got me thinking, you know, what's a small thing that that makes your day a little bit better? It's going to sound psychotic, um, (laughs) but like my morning routine, I'm a morning person, the exact opposite of my wife who's not, uh, but I'm a morning person. And I just feel like if I don't have my routine in the morning where I get up, I go exercise come back, get my kids, uh, well, not my kids, because my, my daughter's um, perfectly capable of getting all of her stuff together, but getting my son's stuff together for him, lunch, all that kind of stuff, take him to school, come back, take my daughter to basketball practice in the morning. Like, that's just my routine, and then come home and then shower, get ready, and come to work. I feel like if I don't do that, my day is thrown off. Uh, I just, I don't, I don't like it. Sure, there are there mornings where I need to sleep in because practice got over late or a game got over late with my kids? Yeah, so I'm not a, um, I'm not that psychotic. I need to, I need to get some sleep. But if I do not do it first thing in the morning, it's not going to happen because my day gets crazy. My kids have something going on, whether it's a game or practice, just about every day uh, in the midst of basketball season now. So I just, I do, I cherish that that morning routine and I, I love it. And again, some people think you are the weirdest guy ever, but that's just kind of what's my day. It makes my day line up and, and usually go more efficient. Yeah. I know that there's a lot of people in your boat that, that kind of swear by that routine. I'm not one of them. I can't, <laughs> I, I've become more, I'm a morning person right now because I have a five month old, but uh-huh. not by choice. But yeah, that's it. I, I always, I'm always like, man, it would be great to kind of have that mindset where I could get up and knock out a bunch of stuff in the morning and get the day started. But man, just hadn't been there for me, but I'm glad that that works well for you. And, uh, Appreciate you sharing that. Mm-hmm. All right, let's drop into mailbag and get a question here from Jenny and Ackworth before we get done here. She says, I got a raise recently and I want to be sure I put the extra money to good use instead of just going out to eat more often. So should I save more money for retirement or use it to pay extra on my mortgage? Good question, uh, Jenny. That kind of plays into one of the points that we <laughs> that we talked about earlier. Um, you know, Jenny, go, go log into your 401k and put that automatic increase <laughs> Uh, every single year on the anniversary that you change it, it'll change that same thing every single year. But 
Good question, because I'm all about having a paid for mortgage. You need to balance that out and make sure you're not cash poor in retirement. You may have a paid for house, which is great, but you may not have any assets to do anything with. So again, I don't know the complete backstory, what age you're, you're at here, Jenny, and when your retirement date is, but going back to that same book that I mentioned earlier, The Psychology of Money, and I, I may be misquoting this to some degree, but the guy was talking about paying his house off. Um, even though he had a super, super low interest rate, like two something back, you know, a few years ago uh, when they were when they were that low. And he says, probably the worst financial decision I ever made was paying off my house. I'm like, whoa, that's hmm. a bold statement. The worst financial decision I ever made was paying off my house. I'm like, okay, he's what, what's next? What What is going to come out of his mouth that that's going to justify or support that that statement but then he says but the best cash decision i've ever made was paying off my house so there's a difference there so financially you look at oh my gosh two point whatever it said 2.2 percent oh my gosh that is the cheap that does not exist anymore it is gone is it gone forever who knows i don't think it's going to be around anytime soon because of where rates are at now but never say never but a financial geek is going to look at that and go, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. I mean, you can put money into a savings account and earn 4.1% or a money market mutual fund and earn over 5%. That makes no financial sense. But again, his he's a big cash believer in being cash rich. <laughs> Obviously, he still likes long-term investments, but making the best cash decision ever was to pay his house off. So. Jenny, I, I kind of leave you with that and say, what side of the fence are you on? Are you going to kind of dissect it from a financial standpoint and, and, and try to reason that way? Or is it more of a peace of mind? Hey, I can I can pay extra on my mortgage and be done in a certain amount of time. So there's no wrong answer there. It just depends on your overall situation, how much money you do have in retirement, how much longer you have until uh, until you actually are done retiring again, or excuse me, done working in, in retirement. So it, it, it depends. I don't, either decision is not wrong, but there probably is a better decision based off your situation. All right. Great uh, question, Jenny. Thanks for asking that and a, a very good one and, and great mindset to be having. So we appreciate that. All right. If you have questions for us or Ryan, you can always send them in blackoakam.com or schedule your retirement coach 360 session on there right now through the website, but you can call as well if you prefer to do that at 470-508-0508. All right, Ryan, very good. Thanks for your time today and looking forward to the 2020, to 2024 and everything it might have for us in the new year. So take care. That's right. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you as well. The Perfect Game Retirement Podcast is brought to you by Black Oak Asset Management, serving the greater Atlanta area with offices in Alpharetta and Macon. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Perfect Game Retirement to find us. You can also visit blackoakam.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Ryan Ledner, and to learn more about how to pitch a perfect game in retirement. 
Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Securities and registered investment advisory services offered through Silver Oak Securities, Inc., member FINRA SIPC, Black Oak Asset Management, and Silver Oak Securities, Inc. are not affiliated.